0: We have a special, a special guest that's just gonna share for a little bit today. Um, so you're gonna get two for one special today here at the Calling Community Church. And my friend, Kathy Veneta, go ahead and come on up, Kathy. Kathy is, um, you can take the special steps, yeah? The stairway to heaven there. Um, Kathy was a volunteer in our youth ministry at the First Baptist Church years ago. And she has been so faithful. She has poured into the lives of many, many young ladies over the years and she is a mom she uh is a mom who takes care of her aging mother and so she's got a perspective that I don't have and so I asked uh, Kathy to share and just like you can imagine she's a little bit nervous everybody just wave say Kathy's gonna be okay we see you we love you all right just big old deep breath you know um and uh, I just want you to be be blessed by what Kathy has to share with you today.
1: Thank you, Brady. It's truly an honor and um, a blessing to be up here, and I appreciate um, Brady's confidence in letting me get up here and talk. <laughs> um, yes, I am Kathy Veneta, and I'm married to my wonderful husband, Randy Veneta. He's um, just put up with me for, what, 34 years almost? Yeah long-suffering. We have two wonderful kids, Kaylee Veneta Jeremy Veneta. Jeremy is right now finishing up his um, sixth week in officer training school, so he will come out as Air Force officer in June. So we're looking really forward to going out and celebrating with him and Angel. And Angel's my wonderful daughter-in-law, I have two wonderful grandkids, and I am just so blessed. And the Lord has just done miraculous things in our, in our marriage and in our lives. And um, I can think of no greater gift than being a mom. I'm going to have a hard time with my composure. <laughs> but um, I didn't do anything to deserve to be a mom, and um, for the Lord to bless me with two wonderful kids, it has just been phenomenal. And they have taught me so much more than I was ever able to teach them. It's just, they have brought me so far on my spiritual journey because I knew, you know, I wanted the best for my kids, but I really didn't know how to go about teaching them. So um, as I grew older, I was like desperate to, help them make wise choices in the Lord, choices that I didn't make. Um, My dad was a minister and a wonderful man, loved the Lord, and was diligent in scripture. So I was raised in a home where I was at church every Sunday, every Wednesday, and all church camps and stuff. So I was fed the word, but I don't I think I really absorbed it as my own. I didn't really know how to develop that personal relationship with God, not to the level that I needed. Um, My dad ended up getting colon cancer when I was 17, and he had a long fight with that and through that fight and through watching how hard that was for him and the, the pain and suffering he went through. That's when I pretty much turned away, from church and from the Lord, because I just felt like it was too cruel. I couldn't believe that God would let him die like that. And there wasn't really anyone that could speak into my life to let me know that, you know, God's plans don't always go down the road you think they're gonna go down. I was in a serious relationship at that time with my boyfriend. We'd been dating for two or three years. We were supposed to be married, but that never happened. And um, in that process, in being away from the Lord and listening to the culture. I actually had an abortion at 19. And because I believed what science taught at that time and because I believed the doctors, I believed that that was not a baby. And until actually I had Jeremy, I think I still deep down believed that but, you know, things were starting to come up, ultrasounds, and heartbeats were starting to be heard earlier. And the further I went into that, the more I realized, you know, the depth of my sin. And when I had Jeremy, when they placed that baby on my chest to hold, and Kaylee too, there is just the most phenomenal, deep love and deep longing to help your children have the best life they can. And the Lord has been so faithful. We... Um, Started in Denver at a church there, didn't really get too involved, but I started getting this hunger for scripture because I wanted my children to know the Lord in a deep and passionate way and to serve him. And the Lord pretty much just um, picked us up, pulled us out of Colorado and put us in Platte City, Missouri and I was kicking and screaming all the way because all my family was in Colorado. But it ended up being the best thing in the world because that's when we met Brady and Trish And they have been doing ministry and working with us for 20 years. So they are like family to us. And um, sitting under Brady's teaching and just going through youth and stuff, I was fed continually that God's a God of grace and that God's a God of forgiveness. And that, you know, things that seem so hard at the time, God can take those things and build strength so that when you are. Um, parenting your kids, then he can give you ways to communicate with them that you're not going to know unless you're in tune with him and in the scripture. And um, when I was getting ready to give my testimony, the Lord put on my heart to share a parable with you out of Luke 8. And somebody may have preached on this not too long ago, but um, I'm just going to read it real quick for you. A farmer went out to sow his seed As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on the good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When the Lord put it on my heart the other night, I had my whole testimony written out, and I was like, that doesn't really fit, so I must have had too much caffeine, because I'm sure that's not the Lord saying that, <laughs> but he just kept bringing it up and bringing it up, and so I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll do this. I don't know how this applies to my testimony exactly, but then as I kept studying, I knew he was telling me to, to encourage you young moms, you single moms, you single dads, When you're sowing seed on the path, make sure you sow the seed and you look for the weeds and you look for the rocks. And those can be culture, those can be too much activity in sports, so the seed can't plant. But if you will continually sow the seed from the Bible and keep your kids involved with the Lord through the activities, allow time, make sure they have time to talk to you about the things they're doing. Listen to what their um, interests are, what they enjoy doing, and then take those and apply them to the Lord. Find ways to um, teach your kids the scriptures. Um, in Team Kids, a lot, for our little ones, a lot of times we would take scripture and make songs to it, and we'd march to it. And I know for older kids that's not going to work out so well, but, but talking <laughs> and knowing what, um, where your kids are spiritually is so crucial. And join them. Join them in the nursery, join them in first and second grade, help in the children's area, help in the youth area, because when you're hearing what's being communicated through teaching, it not only gives you a better grip on scriptures, it helps your kids see that you're active in the Lord, and you're active in the Word, and the Word is where all the truth is. If you leave the culture to teach your kids, it will teach them a lie, and that's exactly where I went. And if I would have had some kind of sound counsel through that time, that would have made that decision a lot different. But I love my mom and dad. They were faithful to the Lord. And my mom now, seven years in assisted living, and probably in the final stages of dementia. She knows me sometimes, but she um, she knows that I'm somebody she likes. I don't know if she knows. <laughs> But, but she's a wonderful lady, and I was, I'm just blessed to have parents that showed me the Lord. Even though I didn't stay consistent in it, the seed got planted again and again and again. And when we came to Platte City, Brady continually, Brady and Trish and Rusty and all, all the people that surround you in your life, if you surround your life with people who can sow truth into your life, it's so crucial. And for you to do that and carry it on to your kids and to the next generation—that that's really a blessing—and and that's that's the joy of being a mom. So anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> that really wasn't at all how that was supposed to go, but <laughs> that's okay.
0: I think that was awesome. Thank Bless you. you. Love Thanks you. Thanks for sharing. Sure. You bet. I think it's a great uh, segue into um, some of you got this little card in your bulletin. We didn't have enough for everyone, so we just kind of put them in every other one. But this is a way to honor your mother and by blessing a ministry that my wife works for called Parkville Women's Clinic. And they are a crisis pregnancy center, and they take in uh, all ages. Uh, People are struggling with decision. Do Do I choose to give life or do I choose not to? And they're rescuing lives every single day. So this is a way that you can get involved and you can be generous and support the work that they're doing there. And so it's Parkville Women's Clinic. If you just you can find that information obviously online. And I and I told my wife that I said yes, I will make sure that I say something about this. And that it's a great, uh, you know, just think if Kathy would have had somebody like that that she could have went to and they could have encouraged her um, a, a little bit differently. So here's a few, uh, just a few things, just for the fun of it, a few mom-isms. If you keep making that face, it will, it'll freeze that way, all right? It'll stay that way, whatever. Um, one day you'll thank me. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever shared that. Why? Because I, I said so. That's right. As long as you're under my roof, you will follow my rules. God gave you a brain, you should use it. <laughs> Use your indoor, one of my favorites, if you aren't feeling good, go sit on the pot, all right, that solves everything, right? <laughs> but mom, my leg's broken, I don't care, go sit on the pot, that'll make it feel better. <laughs> it happens in my house all the time. Um, I'm your mom, not your maid, unless your mom's a maid, but then she's still not your maid, all right? Uh, shut the door where you... Mary never said that to Joseph, by the way. I just want you to, or or to Jesus, I mean. Never said that to Jesus. Um, Where are your manners? Were you raised by wolves? I don't know if your mom ever said that or not. I brought you into this world, I can. (laughs) That's your favorite. Moms, have you ever said that? (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Wait till they're in middle school. (laughs) Then you'll say that uh let's see uh when you have kids I hope they turn out just like you stop crying or I will just give you something to cry about and then last but not least don't make me tell you again come back there turn this car around all those things (laughs) I remember that was a few times I'll stop this car right here you know that was my dad usually my mom wasn't saying that so today I know we have with us a moms who've been a mom a long long time We have moms that have been moms just for a short while. We have moms that are not quite moms yet, but they're expecting to be moms, and it's coming soon. We have moms with a lot of children. We have moms with just a few. We have stepmoms. We have single moms. We have military moms, which that's a whole different breed in its own, if you're one of those. We have widowed moms, moms that their husband's no longer with them. We have adopted moms. My, mom's a step, my wife's a stepmom, adopted mom, and a regular mom. She's just a mom. Uh, we have foster moms. Today, or this week, this month, is actual National, National Foster Care Month. And uh, I posted on our Facebook page uh, a, a link to childwelfare.gov welfare, foster care month. And it's a way for you maybe to get involved. Maybe say, so you know what, uh, my, my season of life, I'm in a place where I could maybe welcome some other kids in who need place to stay a place of respite or maybe you've decided you know what maybe it's time that we need to look into adopting i heard a statistic that if two percent or three percent or whatever christians in the world would adopt there'd be no more kids to be adopted they would all be taken care of and listen it's no small feat i know (laughs) for example for a personal example but it's worth it it's worth it grandparent moms People have taken on that responsibility. Heartbroken moms because of death of their children or maybe rebellion. I know you're not going to believe this, but I had another really good conversation with the person in the hot tub at the YMCA. <laughs> Imagine that. God keeps sending these people to the hot tub. I don't even like, they just start talking. I don't know what it is. Until I get up out of the water and they see my scary hairy chest and then they run the other way. <laughs> But no, they just start talking. This lady had this, like, this, this beautiful countenance about her. And somehow we get into this conversation about family. And she tells me the story about her 14-year-old daughter. She has triplets. And her 14-year-old daughter died of leukemia two years ago. Talk about giving a whole other perspective for Mother's Day. And how some of us come in today with, with pain in our heart when it comes to Mother's Day. Either because of your own children or because... maybe your own relationship with your mom or your mom's gone because she's missing because of death or some other reason today there's a young man who plays the bass for us most of the time he wasn't able able to be here today because his mom is really really ill and is getting closer and closer to be with Jesus his name is Mike and her name is Helen and you can pray for her today maybe circumstances didn't allow you to become a mom but you've been a mom to others. There's a lady here in this community, her name's Jan Patterson. If you know Jan Patterson and Chris Patterson, she was never a mother, but she has mothered a lot of kids. (laughs) And she has been a a, a surrogate grandparent to, to a teacher here in this school. She has loved them like her own. And so it doesn't mean you're a failure because you haven't been able to be a mother. And maybe there's a lot of moms in the room today that feel like they have failed somehow as a mom. One of the things that I like to try to remember when I'm getting prepared to preach is I want you to know something, I want you to feel something, and I want you to leave here and do something. And all those things things have to happen in order for it to be a successful or an effective sermon. First of all, I want you to know that you're special, moms, and we gave you a gift today to to show you that. Hopefully you're able to get one if we ran out. uh, Let us know, maybe we can get some more. You can use that gift you know, so I hope you feel special. Then you can do something with that gift. One thing you should not do is don't, do not take it to a bank teller and tell them to fill it up with cash, all right? Because our church name is on it. I don't want that publicity. <laughs> Turn it inside out if you're going to do that. <laughs> and make sure you tithe on all the money that you get from the bank. Just, just saying. There are a few things I want you to know from the Bible about the first mom of creation. Turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And so I decided to go back to the beginning and just as you think about all the different moms in scripture and and a lot of times pastors will preach out of Proverbs 31 and talk about the perfect mother and then all the other mothers thinking, why don't he do that? I don't even feel worthy anymore because this woman was incredible, all right? But I wanted to go back to the beginning and look at the first mom. Look at Genesis chapter three, verse 20. where Eve got her name. It says, the man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all of the living. Her name in Hebrew is, it's spelled Chava, C-H-A-V-A-H, or V-U-H, however you want to say it, but it's Hava, And it means life to live, to give life, the mother of all life. What a huge responsibility. I mean, you just have your own kids to take care of, but this mother was the mother of all life. The idea of the mother of all life, listen to this this, uh, thing that I found in my study. It says, the idea of the mother of all life expresses not only the ability to physically give birth, which by the way, is extraordinary for sure. God knits a human being together in a woman's womb. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. I don't get that at all. I can't even imagine how that happens. We, that's okay, because I'm not God and I don't have to fully understand it. But I know that it happens because here we are. <laughs> But it's not only that, but it's also to create, nourish, and enhance all facets of life. That's what moms do, right? To create, nourish, and enhance all facets of life. This is the ability of a mother. Listen to this. To, make, to take something from the state of potential, develop it, and bring it into actualization through her creative abilities. And I thought of some examples. Um, not only can, does she do that with creating life inside of her, but this is true... Um, maybe of the family budget. I don't know how my wife does it, but i tell you, in the beginning, when I first started in ministry, she took nothing and turned it into something every single month. Maybe it's a meal for your family. How you can take something and just turn it into something amazing because it was made with love and you just put some creativity to it. Uh, in, my, in my family, it's a Halloween costume. When my kids are small, my wife made her, their Halloween costumes. We're, now we're not going to Walmart. That's a madhouse. We're not going there. We're not going to buy a costume. We're just going to make something, all right? We'll figure it out. We'll just make it happen. Packing a car for vacation. Something out of nothing. Like there's a bunch of stuff and I'm looking at it and like it's not going to fit in there. And my wife will make it and a few other things fit in there. Because she has that creative ability. School projects. Moms, have you ever felt like, how did I get myself into this? Oh, I know how I had birth, and then my kid needs help on their school project. And you make something out of nothing. Making your home feel like a home. Decorating in a certain way with your own special touch. And it goes on and on and on. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3 again. Let's read on. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. But do you know that Eve was also the mother of all failures? And I am not blaming sin on the woman. My wife asked me if I was going to do that today. (laughs) I was like, are you crazy? (laughs) There's a lot of women in the room. I'm not going to do that. I blame it on the man because the man was there and he did nothing about it. By the way, men, don't be passive. Be leaders in your home. There's a whole nother sermon. Eve was the mother of all failures. And if you read before verse 20, you'll see the, the cost of that failure and the consequence that came along with the original sin. How hard life had to be because of this failure birth was painful or is painful I don't know I haven't been there but I don't want to go there either there's a reason why women have kids and men don't because men would quit halfway through and want to go do something else and you can't do that you got to finish the work got to finish the job she's a mother of all failures and this morning I want you to know that even if you feel like you failed as a mother in some of these areas that I just spoke about you're not a failure. You're not a failure. So listen to what it says. Verse 21. The Lord God made clothing from the skins, or from skins, for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. The Lord God said, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out, take from the tree of life, eat, and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work in the to work the ground from which he was taken. I think it's interesting, Kathy, that you shared that parable because it speaks about seed planting onto the ground. See, in the beginning, life should have come easy and it should have grown easy and it should have been fruitful from the beginning. But now it's going to be hard. It says, he drove the man out, stationed the cherubim and the flaming whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. So i just, we'll put that there for a second, and we'll come back to it. As a mom, it may look like and feel like sometimes you're surrounded by condemnation, regrets, doubt, and fear. But just like in that song that we sang just a little while ago, but you are surrounded by him. I want you to know and feel God's grace today. Grace is this undeserved favor. The same grace that, ex- that you extend to your children day after day. And you know that's true, moms. You give your, you've given your children grace. Grace. You've been angry with them. You've you've said things or maybe yelled things or thought things or prayed things or whatever. But you've extended grace to them. And the number one reason is is because you love them. I tell parents all the time, treasure it up, build up the love when they're young. Because when they get older and mouthy, you'll have enough reserve (laughs) to get through until the day they can turn around and say thank you. Kids, young people, say thank you. Even if you haven't had the best mom and she struggled in her own sense, show her some grace today and tell her thank you. I want you to see the grace in this passage of scripture. Listen, Eve was the mother of all failures, but you know what? God didn't stop blessing her. Yeah, he said it was gonna be harder than it needed to be, but he still let her be the mother of all living things. He still blessed her with the ability to give life. And she had children who had children who had children. And here we are today because of that. He didn't give up on Eve then. He blessed her and he showed her grace. And then in this picture of God clothing man and woman, from skins of an animal that had to die in order for them to to be clothed because they felt shame. Do you know what that is? That is a picture, a foreshadowing of Christ's blood covering you and me in our sin. Even then, in the beginning, God is pointing to this redemption that comes through Jesus Christ this animal had to die in order for skins to be made to cover their shame Jesus had to die in order to cover our shame It's a beautiful picture And then I love this this, this picture of it says that God told them they had to leave it says he drove the man and woman out stationed this this angel and a flaming whirling sword. It says a cherubim, but it wasn't a cute little angel. It was, must have been something massive with a sword just back and forth. And it says that um, this whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. Do you know in Scripture what talks about Jesus being the way, the truth? In the life. And that no one comes to the Father but through me. Do you know who is the way back to the tree of life? His name is Jesus. It's Jesus. And he provides a way back. His death, his covering of our shame provides a way back for us to experience this life that never ends. And that's called eternal life. And that's something we can have through belief and our faith in Jesus. It's a beautiful picture. Even in the midst of Eve's failure, God turns it around and does something amazing. That's the, Bibli- that's the Bible. That's the story of God's redemptive grace in our life. So let me wrap this up. So I think about Eve. Her name means life, to give life, to show forth life. How can you tell a woman is pregnant? Besides the mood swings and the strange eating habits, that aside, my wife loved Rice Krispies with one baby. I tried to switch it out and give the cheap generic version one day. Men, don't ever do that. (laughs) Suck it up, don't be cheap, buy the real thing. I don't even care if they're not on sale. Five bucks for a 12-ounce box of cereal. Are you kidding me? Oh, it's worth it. Just do it. <laughs> and then with another baby, it was strawberry, Edie's strawberry ice cream with chocolate shavings in it. They stopped making it halfway through the pregnancy. <laughs> Obviously, they don't care about my wife or me for that matter. I was hunting down Edie's distributors like, my, my, wife, my wife needs a fix, man. You need to help me out. I said, can I get this anywhere? Oh, no, we stopped making it. Why? Anyway. How, can you sh- how do you know someone is pregnant? How did you know your wife was pregnant? Not beside the fact that she told you, but what it, how did you know with your eyes that she was pregnant? Her face? <laughs> she's glowing. Ah, smiling, yeah. And then what was going on down here? She started to what? She started to grow. She started to show. She started to show. Now, it's a very dangerous thing if you're not. Is she pregnant or not? Or has she just been eating a lot of Rice Krispies and strawberry ice cream? I don't know. Should I say something? (laughs) No, no. Maybe until you really know for sure, until it starts looking like a, a, a volleyball, then you know. But you know that someone's pregnant because they start to show. So, here's what I want to finish with ladies and gentlemen, because we're all in this together. How can you take all of these circumstances, all the things that I've talked about today, no matter what your status is as a mom or your relationship with your mom or whatever it is, how can you take this, these circumstances, looking at the biblical narrative, applying some grace to it, how can you then use this and begin to show life to other people. That is your do. No feel do. Your do is, is how can you take whatever circumstances you've gone through, good, bad, and ugly, your story, just like Kathy's story, some difficult, difficult parts of her story. How can you take your story and show life to somebody else? It's your story for a purpose. And God wants you to use your story to bless other people, to point other people to a life that is good soil, something that a seed can be planted in, something that can grow from that. You might think in your own particular story, there's no way life can come out of this. You, don't, you doubt God. You might feel like you're surrounded, but you don't realize you're surrounded by him. And he's gonna do something good in your story. I promise you, but you have to offer it up to him. You have to be willing to say, here it is, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna share it, share it with someone else. For one, share it with him and let him do something good in it. Because there is a way back to the tree of life. And his name is Jesus. There is a way through whatever it is that you're going through today. And his name is Jesus. And I pray that you find that today. I pray that you find him today. And I know Shannon Encourage and challenge you earlier today. To to come and pray and listen. God sought out Adam and Eve and He found them in their shame, and He covered them. And He's seeking you out today too. I'm just going to be honest with you. This is one area our church struggles with. I think we have a great church. I think God's doing some neat things in our church. But when it comes to the end, when it comes to being vulnerable and real, we're not very good at it. I'll just be real with you. We struggle. We're so afraid, I think, of somebody else seeing our pain. And, I, and I'm not saying that just to get a response. I'm just saying this to be true. Like I think there's almost like um, there's this barrier that, uh, that is here that keeps us from coming, drawing closer to him. And so if God moves your heart, don't be afraid to step out. Don't be afraid to step out um, meet and meet him there. He will cover you. <laughs> he'll, he'll demonstrate his grace to you. And so... Um, As Emma sings, as we worship together, maybe this is your do part. (laughs) This is time for you to do something with this. Maybe go to someone else in the room and demonstrate love to them. Maybe go and say, I wanna pray for you. I wanna encourage you. Um, Maybe you're hurting today because of your scenario with your mom. I I know people in the room today, they lost their mom just recently and they're hurting today. So if you want prayer, come and get prayer. If you wanna pray, come and pray. The invitation is yours.